Good morning, Greenhouse Church. I'm Pastor Malik. I currently serve as the pastor and residence here at Greenhouse. And happy holidays. I'm so excited to hop into the word of God with all of you this morning as we really take a moment to reflect on the goodness of God. So wherever you are, if you are at home, if you're on your jog, wherever, pause for a moment, grab your Bibles, and let's hop right into today's sermon. We'll be reading from Psalms chapter 116, Psalm chapter 116, and we'll be at verses 12 through 13. Of course, wherever you are, stand to your feet. If you're on your couch, stand up on your couch, stand up on your bed, get your dog and your cat to stand up. Let's have a moment in the word together today. Psalms 116, verses 12 to 13. I'm reading from the Christian Standard Bible, and it says this. How can I repay the Lord for all the good he has done for me? I will take up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. Let me pray and we'll hop in. Jesus, we thank you so much for your grace, for your mercy, and ultimately for your goodness, because it is who you are and what you've done that has allowed us to be where we are today. So God, we thank you. Help everything that I say and everything that we hear from you today to impact our lives so greatly that so that we can see you more clearly and so that we can get a clearer understanding of just how to look at you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen, church. So in the tradition I'm from, in the tradition of the black church and many churches around the country, there is this call and response phrase that is used. Someone will stand up and they will get before the church and they'll say, God is good. And the church would say, all the time. And then the person would reply, all the time. And then everybody would say, God is good. Today's ultimate theme and the big thing I want to convey to all of us is simple. God is good. And so usually at the end of the year, as Christmas was just yesterday, we are already having our eyes set on the new year. Many of us have already shifted our thoughts to new plans, to new ideas, to new thoughts, or even to reminiscing and to kind of sort of wishing we had done things better, to wishing we had made better decisions, to wishing we had done other things over the course of this year. But can we all pause for just one moment? Take a deep breath with me and pause. Pause because before I want us to look forward, I think it would help us to look backwards, to look over the year 2021 and leave this sermon and leave these thoughts with you. God is good. God has been good for all of us over the entire last year, whether or not you have seen it, whether or not you have taken moments to reflect on it. God is good. And so in Psalm 116, we're presented with someone asking the question, how can I repay the Lord for all the good he has done for me, right? And so we, if you hop back further in Psalm 116, the writer, it says, I love the Lord because he has heard my appeal for mercy, because he has turned his ear to me. If you go down to verse five of Psalm 116, he says, the Lord is gracious and righteous. Our God is compassionate. The Lord guards the inexperienced. I was helpless and he saved me. And this entirety of this Psalm is someone thinking back and reflecting on who God has been to them, on who God has been for them. Because ultimately, if we looked back over our lives, we would continue to have this reflection and this refrain, God is good. And if you look and if we think and if we contemplate this, 
we will help ourselves kind of sort of get a good image of what to carry with us even as we look forward into 2022. So our first stopping point and the first major theme and the first point that I have for us is the words I've been saying all along. God is good. Psalms 136.1, it starts and it says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. You see, goodness is a fundamental part of who God is. The Bible doesn't say that God does good. The Bible doesn't say that God thinks good. The Bible says that God is good. I was asked the question a couple weeks ago, Malik, what makes God good? And it's interesting because there is nothing that makes God good. God makes good good because inherent to who he is, is goodness. He has no choice but to be good. There are phrases we use in Christianity. Omnipotent, he's all-powerful. Omnipresent, he is all, he is everywhere, he is all-present. There was one more omni-word I want us to get into our vocab today. We might not have ever heard this one before, but it is the word omni-benevolent. He is all-good. Our God is all-good. There is no searching for goodness in him. Instead, as we look around a world and around a universe where things seem to be out of whack, the only thing that is consistently good still to this day is God himself. So our first stopping point is God is good. And if we look at our circumstances and we look at our situations and we wonder, where is the goodness in this circumstance? If you want to find the goodness in your life, look for where God is. Because goodness has no choice but to reside where God is because simply, simply put and simply in your frame of mind, God is good. And there is nothing in the universe, nothing in the world, nothing in your life that can change the fact that God is good. And not only is God good, but God has been good to us. And so another Psalm, Psalm 103, verses three to five, it says, he forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. God is good. He has been good to us. He has redeemed us. He has saved us. And if we take a moment to do what I'll ask us to do again and look back over our lives of the last year, he's been good to us. He has given us life and health and strength because God is good. And so people are like, okay, Pastor Malik, God's good. Cool, bro. But it doesn't just stop there because goodness does something to you. No matter what avenue of life we are in, goodness begets a response. Goodness demands a response from us. What do you mean by that? I'm a sports fan. I'm a basketball fan. I'm a Miami Heat fan. And so when I'm watching a Heat game and a good play is made and a, or a good shot is made, or especially if, if somebody takes the ball on a break and they hit it with a good dunk, the entire arena erupts, even if you're cheering for the other team because it was a good play. Or if you're a music fan and you hear good music, you get that stink look on your face like, and you're bobbing your head because the music is good and it has commanded a response from you. Or if you're a foodie like me, and when you sit down and you eat good food, sometimes people, they, they do a little dance and people get real excited. And especially if the food is real good, the response that you hear across the entire restaurant is silence. 
All you hear is plates clinking, is forks clinking on plates and people eating. Nobody's saying anything because the food is just that good. You see, goodness always begets a response from us. No matter what avenue of life it is, if it's a good sports play, we cheer and we erupt. If it's good music, we bob our heads and we kind of sort of get taken to the place that the musical artist has desired for us to be. If it's good food, we do a little dance or we celebrate within ourselves by sheer silence because of the goodness of the food that we're experiencing. You see, that's natural. Nobody really commands us to do these things. And it's so natural that when we don't respond to goodness like everybody else, we feel a type of way. I don't know if you've ever visited a sporting event with a friend who isn't actually into sports, right? And like the entire arena erupts and that friend, they look out of place. They like, they look confused. They look like they don't get what's going on because everybody else has recognized the goodness that they haven't. You see, goodness begets a response from us. However, I think as I've been talking and praying about the goodness of God, that we don't often respond to God's goodness. I think it's much more easy for us to respond to a good sports play or respond to good music or respond to good food or respond to good art or respond to good anything than it is for us to respond to the goodness of God. Why is that? Why is it so difficult for us to take our minds to a place where we look back on God's goodness? I think it's quite simple, actually. I think it's because we're always looking for the next thing that God is going to do. We serve a God that's moving, a God that's progressive, a God that is always doing something. And that's great, and that's beautiful. But when we reflect on the goodness of a sports play, we reflect on a play that has already been made. When we reflect on the goodness of music, we reflect on albums that have already been recorded. When we reflect on the goodness of food, we reflect on food that has already been cooked and for our part already eaten because it was so good. And so as we learn to reflect on God's goodness, we will learn that there are benefits associated with focusing on the goodness of God. And so as we reflect, take a moment with me and look back over your past year. How many days did he wake you up? Because if you can't find a reason to be grateful, if you can't think of any good thing he's done, there are 365 brand new mornings that he caused you to see. How many moments did he see you through? How many doors did he open? How many waves did he make? How many times when your back was against the wall did God come through for you? You see, if you look back over your life, you have no choice but to recognize God is good. And the goodness of God has nothing to do with us, right? I talked about food and music and sports and art. We reflect on the goodness of things we have contributed nothing to. I have never stepped foot on an NBA court. I've never stepped foot on an NFL field. I've never played at any professional sports game. I don't get paid to dribble basketballs. But when I see it happen because of something someone else has done, I can reflect on that goodness. I don't cook food at five-star restaurants. But I can enjoy the goodness of a chef who has prepared it. I don't make paintings. I don't do art. But I can reflect on the goodness of artists who have given it all that they've had. So here is how we reflect on the goodness of God. We reflect that it had nothing to do with us, like sports and art and the food. It had nothing at all to do with us. But instead, it had to do with the goodness of a God who has no desire but to be good to you. 
Psalms 136, which I read earlier, it says this in verses 1 through 5. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Other translations would say, his mercy endures forever. The psalm goes down and it says, give thanks to the God of gods, for his faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords, for his faithful love endures forever. It says, he alone does great wonders. His faithful love endures forever. And then later on in the psalm, the psalmist gets to this refrain. He says, he remembered us in our humiliation. His faithful love endures forever and rescued us from our foes. His faithful love endures forever. I wonder if we could practice this. Practice this refrain in your life. Think about what he's done for me. It's he kept me in my right mind. His faithful love towards me endures forever. When I was sick over the past year, his faithful love endures forever. We, he saw me through a global pandemic. He saw me through civil unrest. His faithful love endures forever. What has God done in your life to make you look back and say, his faithful love endures forever? So I will give thanks to the God of heaven and the God of earth because to me, his mercy has endured forever. You see, if we follow this pattern, the gratitude that we show from God will change who we are. The second point, and it's actually honestly my last point, gratitude is our response to God's goodness. What we read earlier, the psalmist in Psalms 116 from our key text, he says, I will take up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. You see, gratitude is the only positive response to the goodness of God. But before we get there, I want to pause for a moment and tell you that there are bad responses. In light of God's goodness, a lot of us can become prideful. A lot of us can become apathetic. A lot of us can kind of sort of become self-righteous. I think that the goodness that we have experienced comes from something that we've done. That isn't the response that God desires for your life. He doesn't want you to become prideful. He doesn't want you to become apathetic, but instead he wants you to express profound gratitude because of the goodness that he has shown to you. Psychologically, we're finding this out, that gratitude replaces the feeling in our minds of anxiety and worry. Gratitude is good for you. Take a moment, even right now, and express some gratitude to God for what he has done for you. You see, when we forget to embrace gratitude and when we forget to look at God for the good he's done, we set ourselves up for failure. If you turn with me to Joshua chapter four, verses one through seven, I wanna tell you what God tells his own people the people of Israel to do in light of the goodness he has done. In Joshua chapter 3, before we get to chapter 4 that we're going to read, God has just parted the Jordan River. The people of Israel have walked through on dry land just like they did with the Red Sea. God has done a super big miracle. He's parted a river and let people walk through on dry land. And this is what he tells the people to do. Joshua 4, 1 to 7 says, After the entire nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord spoke to Joshua. He's, the Lord said, choose men from the people, one man of each tribe, 
and command them to take 12 stones from this place in the middle of the Jordan where the priests are standing. Carry them with you and set them down at the place and where you spent the night. And then if you go down a little bit and God says, in the future, when your children ask you, what do these stones mean to you? You should tell them. Tell them the water of the Jordan was cut off in front of the ark of the Lord's covenant. When it crossed the Jordan, the Jordan water was cut off. Therefore, these stones will always be a memorial for the Israelites. You see, God says, look over what I've done for you and build landmarks. Build things that remind you of my goodness. Because I don't know about anybody else, but I am often prone to forget the goodness that God has done for me. I am often prone to be so concerned with the next thing that I forget God to do, that I ask God to do, that I forget the goodness that he's already had. See, the people of Israel, we see it when they cross the Red Sea. The second they get over, they forget that God has just allowed them to cross over the Red Sea. And so when they get to the Jordan and God parts that just like he did the other one, he says, build some memorials, build some landmarks, and don't move those things. Let the people, let your children remember the good that God has done for you. I want to pause for a moment and hit some objections that I feel in my own heart as I talk about the goodness of God. I don't want you to think that meditating on the goodness of God is simply looking at life and ignoring its problems. It's not fleeting positivity. It's not this, this easy believism sort of thing that I'm asking you to do where I'm telling you to ignore your problems, to ignore the things that are going on in life. Instead, God has enabled us to live in this unique tension where we can embrace his goodness but also strive for better. So you see, it's easy and it is possible for the Christian to say, life's been hard but God is good. I need to work on my relationships but God is good. My money's looking funny and the bills are piling up. But God is good. We can look out at the world around us and say, I really wish we did more to strive for justice and equity. But God is good. You see, in the middle of what you desire, the fact is that God is still good. The circumstance hasn't changed the goodness of God. The stress and the things that we feel have not changed the goodness of God. But at the end of the day, God is good. Yes, life has trouble, but God is good. Yes, things could be better, but God is good. Yes, I'm stressed. Yes, there are things going on that I wish were better, but God is good. Express gratitude for the goodness that God has shown you. Express gratitude because at the end of the day, he's doing it for us. God's goodness doesn't benefit us, doesn't benefit him in any way, but it benefits us in all of the unique and beautiful ways. This is the goodness of God. My friends, strive for change, but recognize that God is good. Look up and desire better things, but recognize that God is good. Learn to operate in this beautiful tension, recognizing that at the end of the day, for you and for everything in your life, God is good. And so if you look at the text when we look back over all the good things, like the psalmist, he says, how can I repay the Lord for all he has done for me? How can I repay the Lord for all he has done for me? See, gratitude isn't even a repayment. It's just the natural response to the goodness of God. Friend, he's been good to you. 
And so before we ask for another thing, before we go into the new year with all of its newness and all of the things we strive to accomplish, we have a few days between today and January 1st. Spend these next few days contemplating the goodness of God over your life. Do me a favor. Maybe this is who you are. Write down a goodness journal. Think back over your last 12 months and write down all the good things that God has done for you. Look back over it. I'm sure the pages will be innumerable of things that God has done for you. And if you're like, Malik, I can't even think of anything good. I got 12 starter points right here for you right now. January 1st, write this down in your journal. He woke me up this morning. February 1st, write this down. It's the same thing. He woke me up this morning. March, he woke you up. April, he woke you up. May, he woke you up. You see, because even the breath in your lungs is imparted because of the goodness of God. So use those as points to start and then look back over all the things that he's done for you. He has seen you through so many changes in the world and the economy and life itself because he is good to you. And God's goodness to you is good for you. And if you don't think of anything God has done for you, if it's hard for you to sit back and think over it, yesterday was Christmas and it reminded us of the greatest gift that God ever gave to us, himself. You see, the culmination of God's goodness is encapsulated in the fact that he sent his only son to die for us. The goodness of God compelled the God of heaven to come down from where he was incarnated in the person of the Son and Jesus Christ to die for us. He's that good. He's so good that for people who would never turn their eyes to him, he died. He's so good that for people who would commercialize a holiday commemorating his birth, he's, he died. He's good because even now for all of us, for some of us, who might never turn our eyes for some of us, who might never express gratitude, he is still good to you. You see, because Christ died for us. That is the greatest goodness. So we celebrate his birth yesterday because the goodness is that the God of the universe came to dwell with us. He didn't think it, he didn't think it was robbery to come and to be born in a manger, to be born in obscurity, to be born and not be celebrated, but actually to be born in his birth, his birth celebrated by the people around him, by shepherds and by magis, but by government officials be persecuted. He didn't think that was out of the ordinary because his goodness for you compelled him to come and die, to come and live earth, live life on earth for us. God did that for you. He's good whether or not we can think about it. He's good whether or not we even express gratitude for it. You see, because he'll keep being good. He will keep being the good, great, miraculous God. And so even as he keeps being good, you keep practicing gratitude. When worry and anxiety and all these things stir up in you, remind yourself of the goodness of God. When you look forward into another situation, Remind yourself of all the things he's already done. When you, look, when you look out and you don't see a way forward, take a moment and realize, wait, he's done bigger things before. God has been good to you. Express gratitude for God's goodness to you. And so I will repeat what I want us all to do. I will be doing 
over these next few days. Pause and celebrate the goodness of God before we write him our long list of desires. Write him a long list of thankfulness. God, I thank you for all that you've done for me. God, I thank you for the ways you've made for me. God, I thank you for the things you've done in my life. God, I thank you. I thank you for community. I thank you for family. I thank you for life. I thank you for health. I thank you for strength. Give him thanks for all he has done. And one more application step for you. As you gather with your family over this holiday season, take a moment and express the goodness of God to those you love. Remind everyone around you that God has been good, that God has been great, that God's mercy is everlasting. You see, because he held us together, he held you together over the past year. There's a story of Billy Graham, the great, the late great Reverend Billy Graham, and he is sitting with astronomers, and they're, and they're espousing all of the great things of the universe. And they're talking about stuff that, in honesty, is way over Billy Graham's head. They're talking about stuff that are going on in the universe, stuff that is going on in the stars, stuff that Billy Graham has no idea how to even relate to. But I, I, in this story, I hear that there was one astronomer who, in the midst of all of them, elaborating about the greatness of the universe, he pauses for a moment. And he says, maybe in a moment of humility, maybe in a moment of maybe just honest, honest wondering, he looks and he goes, but the universe is so odd, he says, in this group of people. He goes, we don't really know what's holding it together because it's so intricately woven that one wrong shift in the universe's fabric could throw all of it out of whack. And see, this is when Billy Graham knew exactly what to say. He stood up amongst those people and Billy Graham goes, you see, now that answer I know. Jesus is holding the universe together. And so for us, who he has just seen through another year, if you didn't know how you made it this far, it's because Jesus was holding you together. So express gratitude to the God who has kept your life together, who has kept your sanity there, who has kept your health there, and who is keeping you even in this moment. And if you are here today and you don't know Jesus, if all of this goodness that I am so excited to talk about is foreign to you, remember the fact that God is good to you even now. He, all he wants from you is a response to his goodness. All he wants is for you to recognize that he is good to you. He is good for you. And if you express the gratitude that is due to him by accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that you can now have a lifetime of having more and more moments where you can more clearly see the goodness of God. My friend, for all of us today, take a moment amongst our complaining. Take a moment in spite of your worries. Take a moment in spite of your fears and say, I need this to be fixed. But in the meantime, God is good. Look back over your life and celebrate the goodness of God. My friend, take these next few days and contemplate how good God has been to you because he will keep being good. And I promise you, he only gets better. God only gets better. Let's pray. Jesus, you've been so good to us. You've seen us through countless dangers. You've seen us through countless issues. You have restored our minds. You have restored our souls. And so we come to you today in gratitude 
because we don't deserve all that you've given us, but you've given it to us today. And so God, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for keeping us. We thank you for strengthening us. We thank you for being so good to us. God, we thank you. So Jesus, we look back over our years and we thank you for everything you've done. All the doors you had opened, all the ways that you made. God, we thank you. And even if our life doesn't look like how we want it to look, even if there are still circumstances that seem beyond our control, God, we thank you because we know that you are working all things together for our good. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Church family, contemplate the goodness of God. If you need a prayer, send that out in our chat. Use the on-screen instructions. Reach out to somebody. Help us. Help us to know that you need prayer so that we can partner with you as we all celebrate the goodness of God. And for all of us, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he cause his faith to shine upon you. And may he give you his perfect peace. In the name of Jesus, church family, God bless you.